The Buck Sexton Show. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Gordon Chang is joining us. Uh, I wanted to have a discussion about North Korea because when I saw the news this weekend about Kim Jong-un announcing he's he's going to be testing an ICBM soon, I looked at my calendar and I said, oh, we're about to inaugurate a new president. Uh, that's usually around the time Kim Jong-un pops up with something like this. But uh, I, I asked if Gordon Chang could join us, the author of Nuclear Showdown, North Korea Takes on the World, and The Coming Collapse of China, two very important books. Gordon Chang, thank you for joining us at the last minute. I appreciate you being here, sir. Well, thank you so much for asking. Well, now, Gordon, as you look at this, as you look at the latest news out of North Korea with a with uh, reportedly an ICBM rocket that could that could travel 5,000 kilometers, 3,000 plus miles. Is there any reality to this? Is there any uh, real um, chance that these guys could have perfected this delivery system? Well, there is, because let's say within three years, perhaps four years, North Korea will have three launchers that will be able to hit the United States, lower 48 states, with a nuclear weapon. They already have the the missiles to get here. Um, They just need to do two things. They need better shielding, and they also need to mate a warhead to those long-range missiles. But given those challenges, which they'll be able to meet, they'll be able to incinerate the American city of their choice, let's Hmm. say by 2020, maybe a little bit earlier than that. So what what you're talking about here when you see these two technological hurdles that that the uh, North Koreans have to overcome. The shielding refers to uh, protecting that that ICBM as it re-enters the atmosphere and protects it from the heat upon re-entry. Yes, that's what they need to do. Um, They have been able to create shielding for their intermediate and short-range missiles, but they haven't been able to do it for their longest-range launchers. But this is not something that is going to take them that long to do because – they already have many of the skills. So this is a, a threat which is we know it's going to um, mature in the first term of uh, President Trump. Hmm. Not a good sign. Uh, and then the, the second technology refer, referred to, I believe, is the miniaturization of the nuclear warhead. And that also seems to be a skill set that's easily available, or, or at least they can purchase it somewhere. Well, yes, and we got to remember that they've already miniaturized a nuclear warhead for their uh, intermediate-range no-dong missile. So they haven't been able to do that yet for their longest-range missiles, we think. But then again, it's just a matter of three or four years. Wow. Gordon, uh, pardon me for being so familiar, but, you know, I I just like calling you Gordon. Uh, in, In the case of North Korea... I have some friends in the intel community, probably not as many as you and Buck do, but I hear we have um, sort of special ops teams kind of on call in case this guy does anything dumb. Uh, what, what in 
in the, what could we do if he decides to test an ICBM? Would we shoot it down? We probably wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, we'd monitor it. Um, but I don't think that, um, you know, certainly neither the George W. Bush or Obama administrations decided to do that. And I don't think uh, Trump would either, um, because that means it really turns the conversation about us rather than where it should be, which is North Korea. Now, there have been many people who've been talking about doing that, including Ashton Carter, the current secretary of defense. But that was before he took office. Um, hmm. So this is something that is, you know, discussed periodically. But the United States has never gone that way. Well, that's a. That's something to think about. Uh, we're talking with Gordon Chang, the author of the book Nuclear Showdown, North Korea Takes on the World. Gordon, how does, and, and maybe this is too simple a question, but everything we hear about North Korea is it's an impoverished nation. It's starved. Its people are, are, are they, they don't have food. They don't have all the basics. The leadership does. How does North Korea fund this kind of a weapons program? Well, first of all, um, they devote, and give it the first priority. Um, but, you know, they sell stuff to China. China buys a lot of its minerals, especially its coal. And, of course, North Korea is engaged in illicit commerce, like com uh, counterfeiting U.S. money, methamphetamines, um, in trade in endangered animals, all the rest of it. Hmm. I had known about the counterfeiting of the money. I did not know about the meth. I, I, to, just to think of North Korea as the, the biggest meth lab in the world, it's kind of a frightening thing and, and, and not something that makes me very happy. Uh, and the, yeah. their relationship with China, I think, should be uh, uh, of concern to all of us. You, you've also written a book called The Coming Collapse of China. Is, is this a reality, too? Is, is China on the verge of uh, tumbling down? I, I think it is. And, and by the way, um, we've got to remember that North Korea sells weapons and its biggest customer is Iran where they earn somewhere between two and a half to three billion dollars a year um, for its various forms of collaboration with uh, the Iranians. So that's important as well. Yeah, with regard to China, yeah, I think the Chinese state is unstable. It has an economy that is growing maybe half the reported 6.7 percent rate. And we also know that they've been creating debt five times faster than gross domestic product. They have an incomplete leadership transition from Hu Jintao to Xi Jinping, the current ruler. And they've got a military, which is becoming much more influential in policy circles. None of this is taking China in the right directions. And I believe that the country is fragile. Well, it, when, when I look at China, I see the things you're talking about. I see the, the production of these ghost cities that were basically stimulus packages to keep people employed. But no one's living there. Nothing's going on there. And then I see these islands in the South Pacific that are basically military bases they've created. They rushed uh, from, I guess it was about 10 years ago, I went through a Defense Department uh, quadrennial review, and they talked about China building these smaller, quicker boats that they were going to populate these South China Sea areas with. Um, this, this all is disturbing to me because I think China is trying to do what the Soviet Union was doing before we, we outdid them, I guess, in military might and ultimately crushed them. If that happens, if China crumbles under its own weight and its false economy, doesn't that also have an adverse effect on our economy versus uh, with our debt and, and the stuff we buy from China? 
Well, it, it would, but you know, we don't have to worry about debt. You know, China for more than a year and a half has been selling U.S. Treasury obligations. As a matter of fact, in October, um, they lost their crown as the biggest holder of U.S. debt. Um, the Chinese have to sell debt um, because they need to support their own currency, so they're really in trouble with that regard. And you know, of course, you know, a country as big as China, <coughs> excuse me, its failure is going to affect every economy in the world, but. You know, we don't need them as much as people think. Um, we run a big trade deficit with them. We can buy our shoes and clothes and toys from elsewhere. So I don't think that the effect on the U.S. is going to be as big as people say. It's going to be big, but not as catastrophic as people think. Well, that's good. We're talking to Gordon Chang. Uh, he's written some great <sighs> books on both North Korea and China. And just two days ago, you posted the story. Uh, is Trump responsible for China's cash squeeze? And uh, you can you can find all of Gordon's articles at gordonchang.com. But in this case, is Trump responsible for this cash squeeze, Gordon? Well, Trump, um, China has a cash squeeze problem anyway. Um, I think what's going to happen will be that people are looking at what the president-elect has been saying. They realize that relations with China are going to get tense. And so, therefore... They're reconsidering um, plans to put money into China. Now, they were already doing that before the American election, but I think that Trump's election certainly has focused people's view on this. And so, therefore, China is viewed as a worse risk than it had been before November 8th. Wow. Well, I, I, I get nervous with China just because the, the military might that they've been developing and their take on Taiwan – uh, which which will always be the the real China to me because that's the China I grew up with, and and I get nervous for those folks uh, in Formosa, and I hope nothing nothing untoward happens in that relationship, but I still think China thinks that they own them and they're going to eventually get them back. Um, maybe Mr. Trump has scared them. One last question about China and the economics: Is the best way to understand China's selling of our debt? And pulling, uh, getting rid of American debt and, and selling that stuff off, are they basically covering shorts in the stock market of their own, their own economy? No, no. What they're doing is they're trying to support their own currency, the RMB. The way to do that is to sell dollars. Their currency is way overvalued right now because people don't want to hold it. Last year, there may be $1 trillion of net capital outflow, according to Bloomberg. And so, essentially, Beijing is trying to keep money inside the country. And the way to do that, uh, one way to do that, is to try to keep the currency at an elevated value. Hmm. I know Russia, or the Soviet Union, did that in the 80s, too, and it failed miserably. Uh, when they, and, and I remember Mexico trying that when I was in Texas in the 70s, and you couldn't take much out of there either. Uh, that looks sounds like a failed policy to me. And as you said, coming collapse of China is the title of one of your books and the other nuclear showdown North Korea takes on the world. Gordon Chang, thank you for jumping in and help us understand this. I'm very nervous about it. Should I be? You definitely should be. But thank you very oh, much. Great. great. Thanks, Gordon. Take care.